We're very fortunate in this time that we have access to thousands of scriptures and spiritual teachings from throughout history. And all of them can guide us in taking the necessary steps to work toward enlightenment and self-improvement and connecting with divinity. However, we often forget that nature is also a living scripture. Nature is part of divinity. And the one who has his consciousness awake, or her consciousness awake, can learn many insights by studying nature. There's even a famous story that one of the students of the Buddha was given a rose, and just by looking at it with his consciousness awake, was able to achieve enlightenment. So the practice that we will do today involves simply observing plants. But what's so important about this practice is that it's giving us the chance to establish the foundation of self-observation. We talk about it all the time in this tradition, that without self-observation, we can't comprehend our defects and we can't change. It happens that often through life, we get so identified with the different situations we are in, with the people we are dealing with, that we have a hard time really consciously separating from any identification and just serenely observing. So when we're working with these plants, I hope that it will allow you a neutral stimuli to be able to look at yourself and the processes that occur within the human machine. And through getting familiar with this practice, we can slowly strengthen our consciousness so that when we are meditating on different events or when we are confronted with them in our daily life, we will know what awakened consciousness and real self-observation feels like. And we won't get trapped in the tricks of the intellect, which makes us think that we understand something when really we are not observing it consciously. And that's why Saman Veor gives us this beautiful explanation about the difference between active conscious self-observation and passive intellectual knowledge and why we need self-observation to really change and to grow as a soul. In Treaties of Revolutionary Psychology, he wrote, the observation of oneself which is 100% active, is a way to change oneself. However, knowing, which is passive, is not a way to change oneself. Indeed, knowing is not an act of attention. Yet, the attention directed into oneself towards what is happening in our interior is something positive, active. We need attention intentionally directed towards the interior of our own selves. This is not a passive attention. Indeed, dynamic attention proceeds from the side of the observer, while thoughts and emotions belong to the side which is observed. All of this causes us to comprehend that knowing is something completely passive and mechanical, in evident contrast with the observation of the self, which is a conscious act. So right now, wherever we're located, we can think about it intellectually and know where we are.
Are we sitting in a chair? Are we standing? But that's very different from actually feeling with your consciousness, with your body, where you are located. That's the difference that Samuel and Vihor is pointing out here. To know something is the activity of the intellect and not the activity of the consciousness. Our consciousness can be in complete sleep and the mind can be going, going, going and thinking, thinking, thinking. The whole time the mind is active, our consciousness may be hypnotized and asleep and dreaming. So the simplicity of self-observation is sometimes the biggest challenge for us because our mind wants to know all of the different steps of the process and wants to identify what is the problem, what is the ego I'm seeing here, when real conscious attention doesn't require any thought, just requires us to be awake and alert and to see. When we really desire something, we apply a sort of willpower and pressure towards focusing on the thing that we want. And in the same way, we need to direct willpower to keep the consciousness attentive and awake throughout the day from moment to moment. But this should not be driven by fear or desire. It should be pure willpower. And when we are really observing ourselves, we see that we are not our thoughts or emotions. The consciousness can observe thought and can observe emotion. And that's the state we want to be in. We want to be able to see what is happening in our life, in the situations around us. But we also want to see what's happening within us in response to those. And for that, we need to not be identified. We need to be serene and to observe the relationship between our thoughts, emotions, physical reactions, and the events that are occurring in our life because the human organism is a very complex machine. And when we are able to observe its functions, we see that many of them occur without us consciously choosing for them to happen. We can think a thought, we can make a movement, we can feel an emotion without any conscious will to create that. And so by keeping the consciousness awake and observing all of these mechanical processes, that are happening, we set the foundation for us to actually be able to change. The one who is only mechanically moving through life, thinking that they know themselves or understand themselves, can't change because they won't see anything new. But the one who is observant with the consciousness awake will see many, many new things. Every day when we prepare to go through our daily activities, we should be setting the stage for us to be able to observe ourselves throughout the whole day. And this begins by doing some kind of morning practice that allows you to relax and to awaken your consciousness. I really advise you to work with pranayama if you're able to do it in the mornings, even just 10 minutes because that pranayama will direct your energy to the consciousness and to awaken it and strengthen it. 
because our consciousness is so heavily conditioned and asleep, we really need as much energy as possible to spark that awakening every day. And then to continue to apply that willpower to keep the consciousness awake from moment to moment. Today, when we are preparing for the practice, we're going to start with a breathing exercise to help us to relax. And relaxation is very important for self-observation because when the body is in tension or the heart and the mind are in tension, we are wasting a lot of energy. So when that energy is directed outward and not inward into the consciousness, then we are losing energy. And that's why relaxation throughout the day is really critical to being able to have enough energy to keep your consciousness awake. And once we have relaxed, we then need to direct the attention toward the object that we are trying to understand. In some cases, we might be in meditation and we might be directing that attention toward a certain situation that we're remembering. And today, we're going to direct the attention to each of the three brains. We talk about them often in this tradition. There is the intellectual brain, the emotional brain, and the motor instinctual sexual brain. Ideally, at some point, we'll be able to observe the activities of all three of these brains simultaneously with our consciousness awake. But for many of us, that can be a struggle. And so in the beginning, we're going to begin by observing one brain at a time as we are relaxing so that we understand the feeling of each of these three brains with our consciousness. And so that when we do the practice, we'll be able to observe the sensations of each of the three brains consciously. And after we've directed our attention, what's important is that we remain concentrated. And this is an act of willpower. So there will be a slight pressure that you'll have to continually assert on the consciousness to keep it awake, to keep it focused. If you get distracted or drowsy, you've got to will yourself to be alert and to be conscious. And after we've prepared ourselves, we're going to do a practice that actually is a variation that was taught by Gurdjieff. It's a very simple observation practice because in the beginning, it's very hard for us to observe ourselves when we're going through life. Everything is overwhelming. We have very strong attachments and aversions. And so when we are working with just looking at something new for the very first time in a new way that is not going to overwhelm us, we will hopefully be able to get a taste of real conscious observation. And through this practice, we can establish a real awareness of the flavor of conscious attention. And then when we're going through the day, we can do our best to strengthen that from moment to moment. Self-observation must always be complemented by meditation because in both of these actions, we're doing the same thing. We're activating the consciousness. We're keeping it awake. We're observing. And we're not getting identified or overwhelmed by an egotistical response. So I have an excerpt here from Gurdjieff that I'm going to read to you about this practice. 
It is very important for a man who works on himself to understand that change can take place in him only if he changes his attitude toward the outside world. In general, you don't know what must be loved and what must not be loved, because all of that is relative. With you, one and the same thing is loved and not loved. But there are objective things which we must love or must not love. Therefore, it is more productive and practical to forget about what you call good and bad and to begin to act only when you have learned to choose for yourself. Now, if you want to work on yourself, you must work out in yourself different kinds of attitudes. Except with big and more clear-cut things which are undeniably bad, you have to exercise yourselves in this way. If you like a rose, try to dislike it. If you dislike it, try to like it. It is best to begin with the world of plants. Try from tomorrow to look at plants in a way you have not looked before. Every man is attracted towards certain plants, and not by others. Perhaps we have not noticed that till now. First you have to look, then put another in its place, and then notice and try to understand why this attraction or aversion is there. I am sure that everyone feels something or senses something. It is a process which takes place in the subconscious, and the mind does not see it. But if you begin to look consciously, you will see many things. You will discover many Americas. Plants, like man, have relations between themselves, and relations exist also between plants and men. But they change from time to time. All living things are tied to one another. This includes everything that lives. All things depend on each other. Plants act on a man's moods, and the mood of a man acts on the mood of a plant. As long as we live, we shall make experiments. Even living flowers in a pot will live or die according to the mood. So in this exercise, we are trying to observe ourselves and also he suggests trying to go against what your natural instinct is. So if at first we see a plant and we dislike it, he is suggesting that you try to like it instead, to go against the inclination of your ego, just to loosen the hold of that identification. For today, we're only going to practice with each plant for a few minutes. And so I'm not encouraging you to necessarily try to change how you feel today. But I wanted to read the fuller practice to you so that if you decide to continue with it as a daily practice for a while, you would be able to see that there are more variations you can do. All of this is an exercise for the consciousness, to activate the consciousness, to get it to look and observe as, it, as a spontaneous, new awareness, and not the mechanical, intellectual kind of knowing that we are accustomed to. So if you have your plants with you, you can begin by placing the first plant in front of you. I'm going to guide you through a relaxation practice, and then I will encourage you to open your eyes and to study the plant. And after a few moments, I'll then guide you to switch it with the second plant and to notice what's different and then we'll come back together to discuss it. 
So after you've got the plant situated in front of you, try to find a relaxing posture in your chair and go ahead and close your eyes. We're going to begin by relaxing. Focus on your breathing. Breathe deeply. Become conscious of the physical sensations of your breath moving in and out of the body. As you breathe in, visualize a white light spreading down through your toes and relaxing your feet, your calves, and when you exhale, breathe out any tension, visualizing it as a dark cloud of smoke leaving the body. Breathing deeply, visualize that white light rising up through your legs and relaxing all of the muscles so that your legs become soft and heavy. And breathe out any tension or pain as a dark cloud of smoke with each exhalation. Allow the light to rise through your torso. And gradually to spread through your arms and hands. Breathing in light and relaxation. Breathing out tension and darkness. Becoming conscious of the full body, allowing that relaxing light to spread through your back, shoulders, and neck, and up into the head. When you feel relaxed, become really conscious of your physical body, any instinctive urges or sensations in the body, becoming conscious and directing attention to the motor 
instinctual sexual brain. Become conscious of any sensations in your physical body. Really feel them. Next, become aware of your emotional center, your heart. Observe how you're feeling in this moment. Notice if there is a relationship between your emotional feelings and the sensations you've observed in the body. Next, direct your attention to the intellectual center, any images or thoughts in your mind. Without identifying with them, observe. Now open your eyes and take a few minutes to look at the plant in front of you, the first plant, as if you have never seen it before. And observe not only the plant, but also what feelings or sensations arise within you.
Now take a moment to reflect on your observation. Were you able to keep the consciousness awake and concentrated for the full five minutes that we just practiced? Or did you get carried away by thoughts or memories or distracted and sleepy? Move this plant aside and replace it with the second plant. And this time, work to use your willpower to keep your conscious observation active for the full five minutes.
Now look back at the first plant and see if your consciousness can sense the difference in the being of the two plants. As we see from this practice, to be conscious is simple. It is merely a matter of will. If we are not conscious throughout the day, then we are not really going to change. This simple practice of observation is the foundation for all of the other practices in this tradition. First, we have to learn how to awaken our consciousness from moment to moment. And by exercising that conscious awakening, it will grow stronger and it will penetrate into the realities that are all around us all the time. The one who has awakened the spiritual senses can see a plant and understand every aspect throughout time about that plant just through direct observation with the consciousness awake. So as we work with consciousness at our level, we are beginning to exercise and activate that faculty. And over time, we will not be so overwhelmed by the events and impressions in our life, but we'll come to understand them through consciousness. Life won't be so complicated and difficult because we'll be able to observe it whether in the moment or in meditation, and to consciously see the truth about those events.